This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to the Danny Mac Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Thanks for joining me on a special trade line edition of the Danny Mac Podcast. And I couldn't think of a better way to do this breaking news edition on the Bet Rivers Podcast Network than to talk with the legendary Chicago Blackhawk as Patrick Kane gets ready for his new home with the blue shirts in New York. It's Jeremy Roenick time right here on Bet Rivers. JR, it's kind of a, a shocking night for Hawks fans, even though everybody knew this thing was coming. What words do you have for him right now as Blackhawks fans mourning the end of an amazing era in team history? Um, well, obviously, it's, you know, brings back a lot of old memories. There's no question about that. Um, you know, Patrick Kane is the face of the Chicago Blackhawks. I mean, obviously you can throw Jonathan Taves in there, but, you know, as, as, as far as, as excitement and points and, you know, dynamics go, you know, it, it is Patrick Kane's team. And, you know, I don't think anybody could be, should be surprised at that because, um, you know, this team is in a rebuild situation. Patrick is one of those guys that is a hot, and very valuable commodity that is coming near the end of his contract and is 35 years old. Um, you know, I feel for him because I know he loves Chicago and I know it was a very, very difficult decision for him to lift his no trade clause. And I think he did it for a lot of, a lot of good reasons. One of them being that he wanted to go have a chance to win a Stanley cup again and enjoy playing the game again. And, you know, the Rangers were his team. And if it wasn't going to be the Rangers, he probably would have just stayed in Chicago and, and uh, finished his, uh, you know, his career right there. But um, I know he's gonna. I know he's gonna be. Um, he's gonna have a lot of fun playing in New York. And there's no question that I think he will be back with the Hawks and will finish with the Hawks at some point. It's just it's ine- inevitable. I think. In New York, he reunites with Artemi Panarin. Um, three years with Panarin in Chicago, the first of which was after the last of the three Hawks Cups. And no surprise, skating with Panarin, Kane has the best year of his career. He wins the heart. He wins the Ross. His numbers, as impressive as they are, JR, should have been even larger had he played with more playmaking line mates when they were five on five, don't you think? Well, no question. You look at these two players, they play almost identical types of games. Panarin is a very dynamic, uh, extremely elusive, but very smart hockey player um, and talented. You put the two guys that play exactly the same on the ice. It was like it was kind of like Tony Amonti and I, the way that we played together. We were we were almost um, we can almost play blindfolded together. We knew where we were going to be. We could 
pretty much make a pass to wherever where we knew he was going to be. And it was almost like like mental telepathy with Tony and I. And, it, and that's how Patrick and Panarin played. So so for me, um, that's going to be really, really uh, exciting for Patrick. I think that's another reason why he wanted to go to New York because of Panarin. Um, and again, it's all about enjoying the game again because I don't really think Patrick enjoyed playing this year uh, obvious, for obvious reasons, a rebuild situation. It's no fun going to the rink when you're losing all the time, when you're in the middle of a rebuild after winning three cups. Uh, it's, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure Patrick, you saw, you saw the way he play has played over the last two, three weeks, getting ready for this trade and showing people that he still had a lot in the tank to make sure that, that, uh, that this trade happened because sitting at nine goals about a month ago, you know, Patrick was not very happy with that. So that, that this kid has a lot in the tank and is, is, I, I think he's going to do really, really well in New York. You know, similar to Kane, you're an American kid born in a hockey town. You're Boston. He's Buffalo. You're both drafted in the first round by Chicago, an original six franchise. You have enormous success. And then eight years into your career, you have to put on a new sweater for the first time. He's 16 years in Chicago. What do you suspect it's going to be like when he slips that blue shirt over his shoulders for the first time? Oh, it's going to be very, it's going to be very uncomfortable. I think he's going to feel very weird having a, a, a blue jersey on. Uh, I think it's going to be very weird coming out of Madison Square Garden onto the ice in the, you know, as a home, uh, a home player in the most famous arena in the world. Um, it's, it's going to be out of sorts for him. But uh, I, one thing that Patrick Kane does not have to uh, worry about is any kind of controversy or that he didn't. He didn't leave everything on the ice for the Chicago Blackhawks. I mean, he 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 was the main instrument of three cups. Um, he gave that city everything he had, and you know the way I look at it, and I think the way Patrick looks at it in a rebuild situation, he knew that he could help this team bring on some assets to help that rebuild. Now, if you ask me, uh, they did not get enough for Patrick Kane. Only a second and a fourth is drastically undermining. Uh, his value, but I do think that the Hawks are probably they're tied. Their hands were tied, knowing that pretty much New York Rangers were the only place that Patrick would go to. So they had to try to get something for him. That's the only thing I can think of mm-hmm. with a second and a fourth rounder. But still, they get some quality some quality picks for the next couple of years, and still have the opportunity to get Patrick back in a year or two, and you know, at the end of his career, and finish his career as a Blackhawk. You know, I I was thinking about Kane, uh, the younger player, just the other day when these rumors started swirling, and I got to know him pretty well that first year. Uh, I went to the rink because I was supporting Savvy. Um, They weren't a playoff contender. They weren't even in the playoffs when Kaner and Taves were rookies. But after the issue in Buffalo when he and his cousin beat up a cabbie and some other misadventures, the Hawks kept him in the bubble. And hermetically sealed. You couldn't get near him. Um, and because of social media, I don't think guys in this era are like you guys were in the in the 90s. They weren't as much accessible. I don't think we ever really got to know Patrick Kane. And his star probably isn't as bright as it should be. Do you read it differently than I do, JR? 
Yeah, I do actually. I think uh, you know. I think you know exactly who Patrick Kane is. He's a guy that understands. He made mistakes in the past, and he made and he's changed his uh, changed his life, and he's changed his attitude in terms of off ice situations. Uh, I think he's left everything on the ice. Like I said, look at the stats that the kid is uh, has put together throughout his career. Um, you know, I think he's been very accessible to the media. Um, I, I don't think it's a bad thing that he uh, kind of kind of went went on the dark side and just kind of became a quiet, just a watch what I do on the ice type of player because he needed to. And the Hawks probably said that this, you know, things have to change. But you still know who Patrick Kane was. Uh, he was he's not the most outspoken person. He's not the most flamboyant on on television or on interviews. Uh, and you know that you see that with his with his interviews, you know what you're going to get from Patrick. And, um, you know, like I said, he's he's got. Yeah, he's had his demons and he's had his bad, bad times in his, in his career. And, you know, you got to give the Hawks credit for, you know, making him change and giving him the opportunity to change before, you know, quitting on him early and not quitting on him early allowed them to win three cups over, you know, a six years span last thing i have for you help me complete my mount rushmore mount rushmore of american-born blackhawks the first three are obvious chris chelios patrick kane and jeremy roenick who's the fourth fourth face i carve into that mountain tony amante tony amante over wayne presley yep oh absolutely tony amante scored 400 and 420 goals in his career. Kid had, How many kid of them here, though, Jr. Not to not to split hairs with you, but not not a ton of them here, were there? Uh, he was the captain of the team. He was the face of the team after I left. He was there for what seven years, six, eight years. Okay. Um, okay. You know, Wayne, Wayne Presley's right up there, but in, as far as <laughs> talent, as far as talent wise goes, Tony Monty. I love. I love. I love Elvis, but Tony Amante was a way better <laughs> hockey player than Elvis. Jeremy Roenick, number 27, and it has done, uh, it has done me good over the years to, um, to go back from time to time and reflect on how many enormously successful athletes that it's been my pleasure to get to know a little bit off the ice in the case of a hockey player or off the field in the case of my favorite game, football or baseball. And Ronick was one of those guys, as soon as he got to the Hawks, he, he warmed up to the fan base and he warmed up to media. I, I walked right past him in the bowels of Chicago stadium. The first time I went downstairs to interview their number one pick, I, I believe the year was 88. Uh, yes, he was uh, he was a draft pick in 88, the year Patrick Kane was born. And I walked right past him, and I, I thought it was the stick boy. I joked with him years later um, after he turned 40 that I thought you were the stick boy many years ago. His acne was raging, and uh, he was always very, very accessible. He used to come on the score in the early era uh, of the score, 92, 93, 94, and he'd hang out as long as we asked him to do so. He didn't have to do that. He was a star. He he led the NHL in game-winning goals when the Hawks made it to the final. 
1992 to get blitzed by Pittsburgh four games to nothing. And that was after they had swept Detroit and Edmonton to get there. That was a heartbreak, just different than the one the year before when they lost in the first round to Minnesota. But nonetheless, heartbreak. Roenick was always there. Roenick always was had a, had a deep desire, a, a, a visceral want to be a part of the Chicago community. And I, and I don't agree with him uh, that Patrick Kane maximized that. It probably wasn't uh, to his benefit for several years to have a high profile. And the Hawks were unhappy with Kaner when he showed up on stage hammered at Jimmy Buffett concerts. I, I don't think the fans had a problem with it. If Kane wasn't driving, I didn't have a problem with it. But there were some things that had happened prior to that there was pretty good evidence out there. Word of mouth travels fast in a town like ours. It's a little big town. And there's there's a lot of reason to believe Kane did not handle his success very well, to be nice. Um, and he was abusive to people from time to time. But uh, I, I admired watching him play so very much. And it's true. When he was a first-year player, there was nobody interested in covering, covering the Hawks. I, I was around because I supported Dennis Savard, who I'd known since 86 or 87, and I admired as a player, and we were I was friendly with him. He always participated in the Mac Yurko and Harry Golf Onyx. He gets the chance to be the Hawks head coach. I'm going to start going to games, even though I hadn't been for several years, and they weren't any goddamn good. They weren't back in the playoffs yet. They just missed the year before Quinville succeeded, Joel Quinville succeeded Savvy just four games into a season. But Kaner would be hanging out in a, in a room with just, that's where they, they had just gone to the separated locker rooms finally, where players dressed for the game in, in a separate room where they did, when they dressed to, to arrive at the rink or go home at the end of the night because there's the unmistakable stench of the bacteria that gets in hockey gear for a long time. It was all done in the same room. Well, finally they started doing it in different rooms, but Kaner in a locker room that was not full of reporters would walk around and there's a post game pizza spread and he grab a piece and he'd say, you want a piece of pizza? And we sit there and stand there and watch video of, of the game. They had the game highlights on in the Blackhawks dressing room. And we were at a point in the third period in a game against Detroit and Chris Chelios is in a Red Wings uniform and he's jabbing at the back of Patrick Kane behind the net. He is he is unmistakably letting this first year player know, welcome to the bigs, you little shit. Uh, and he was cross checking him in the small of his back. And I asked Kane, I said, how many times do you think Chelios hacked you behind the net when in the second period? And he said, what, did he give me two or three? And I said, I, I, there were at least five. So we watched the tape. We counted six of them. And every one of them was a cheap shot. But it was Chris Chelio saying, welcome to the NHL, kid. But I don't, I, I don't know if they, if they had anything, any conversations. It didn't seem to bother Kane in the least part of the process. But he was a tough little SOB when he was here for those 16 years, too. Patrick Kane for as, as little as he was, was very hard on the puck. One of my favorite hockey expressions. Difficult to take off of the biscuit. 
And he had such quick, choppy strides to to break through uh, the opponent's defense, even when there were several guys in a little area. Patrick Kane would do that fast little chop, 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 make himself small, not give the opponent much of a target. Very, very skilled hands player, a handsy player. Jeremy Roenick's uh, line mate, Steve Larmer, was one of the handsiest players uh, in Blackhawks history. And he accrued a ton of points because of that. He also had the benefit of skating with Dennis Savard for a good portion of his career. And Al Secord as well for the protection. And Al Secord, like Jeremy Roenick, uh, a 50-goal scorer. Uh, just three guys in Hawks history have done that. Bobby Hull did it a handful of times. Roenick did it twice. He scored 50 in one year and 53 in another. The high watermark for Patrick Kane was 46 goals. That's his year, his first year with Artemi Panarin, 106 points. That's the most in the league that year. He led the league. He won the Ross. He won the Hart. He won three Stanley Cups. He was a Conn Smythe winner in the 13 Cup Series against the Bruins. Not the series, the playoffs in the hockey. They go for the entire four series required to win, not just the final. And uh, he he said at the, uh, I don't know if he said it the night he got the con and I was in Boston um, for it. I, I, but he said it was Eddie Belfour's or not Eddie Belfour's. It was, it was Corey Crawford's. I got the 91 Hawks on the brain. He said, Corey Crawford should have won this award and he might've been right. I thought Antti Niemi the first time through was an excellent choice for Con Smythe. It's, it instead went to Jonathan Taves, the captain of the 2010 Stanley Cup champion Hawks. I, I am not sorrowful over this. I uh, I don't think there's any reason to be. I think it, it's something that was inevitable. I think you raise your your goblet, whatever it is, uh, your your beverage of choice tonight or or on Wednesday morning, and you celebrate the good times of those Blackhawks championship teams. I was what, 49 when they won the cup for the first time? And it had been 49 years since they'd won a Stanley Cup. And it helped me recapture the spirit of a 10-year-old kid because that's what the Indian head did for me. That's uh, It's something that I have held closer to my heart for reasons that are inexplicable. Uh, maybe it's because it, you know, such, such of the hockey season falls during Christmas and I do have fond memories of Christmases in Highland, Indiana, and skating at Shepherd Park before they filled it in to make a soccer field out of it. Um, it, it just, I love those Blackhawks teams of, of my youth, and I love the teams that Roenick played on, and this last batch of Hawks, too, certainly has been a joy. And I wish I could have gotten to know some of these guys a little bit better, but as I mentioned to Roenick, and uh, the Hawks kept their paws on Jeremy Roenick and did or not <laughs> on Patrick Kane and did not let him get in front of people too many times after those first couple of bumps. I want to thank you very much for listening to this edition of the Danny Mac podcast and special thanks to Jeremy Roenick, good old number 27. You can follow him on Twitter at Jeremy underscore Roenick. Thanks to Sam Michael for working overtime on this project and to Adam Delavitt, the big boss man at the Bet Rivers podcast network. I'm Danny Mac. Have a great night or morning whenever you're finding this. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Danny Mac podcast on the Bet Rivers Network.